For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When you learn to work the word of God against the wiles of the devil, you have just learned the wielder's way. Hello, 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 and praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Wilder's Way. I am Minister Alzada Prayer, and I am so excited that you are here. For those of you who are returning listeners, thank you for coming back. And for those of you who are new, welcome to The Wilder's Way. Uh, I want to let you know that anytime you tune in, it is my desire that you receive something that blesses your life. Um, the centerpiece of the Wilder's Way is the scripture of Hebrews 4 and 12 about the significance of the word of God being sharper than any two-edged sword. And it is my desire, and I believe God's desire, even more importantly than mine, is that we learn how to work the word against the wiles of the enemy. And how do we do that? We do that by way of application. It is my desire to put your mind at ease the three E's, to edify, exhort, and to encourage you during these tumultuous times that we are living in. Hallelujah. I pray that you and your family are well and that you are praying, praying, praying. We need to pray. Uh, Prayer is one of the things that the Lord tells us in his word to do without ceasing. Amen. And most importantly, many of you who know God knows that he answers prayer. So without further ado, I'd like to go ahead and tell you the title of today's message is You Gotta Love Them. You Gotta Love Them. This is episode nine, and its title, once again, is You Gotta Love Them. What do I mean? Let me help you. Uh, Our scripture text for today is Matthew chapter five, verses 43 through 48. Uh, I will be reading it for you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Can I tell you that there are times when God requires things of us that are really going to take his strength to do. Philippians 4.13 says that we could do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens us. And it takes strength for us to love our enemies. Let's be real people. Many of you under the sound of my voice and myself included have people that have done things to us, said things. Some of you have come from traumatic experiences and circumstances where you have really been hurt, like literally hurt and figuratively, emotionally, financially. And it's an automatic response of the flesh to want vengeance 
to cuss people out. If, you know, the world will tell us if people cuss you out, cuss them out back. If they want to fight, fight back, you know, an eye for an eye, tooth kind for a tooth kind of uh, uh, thing. And God is really calling us to love our enemies. And that is maybe is a hard task, but it is doable, but it takes God to do it. And this is the thing. God understands when he asks us to do a hard thing, because he knows that when he asks us something or he gives us a principle uh, in his word to apply to our lives, that our flesh will always be there to fight against it. Because of course, the flesh dwelleth no good thing is always going to go for what it wants as opposed to the things of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit and the flesh cannot dwell together. And can I tell you something else that we must keep in mind when it comes to the life of Christ? I will say it time and time again, that he lived his life as an example to us of what we should do. There were times when Jesus, pretty much all the time, when Jesus would be speaking to the multitudes and the Sadducees and Pharisees would be present. There would be people there that literally hated him and wanted to kill him then, that he Um, that he died for. And if anybody could have been angry and really been wrathful, it could have been Jesus. He could have leveled the place when he stood before his accusers, when he was getting ready to be crucified and he was in the court. He could have easily, he had enough power and an eyelash to summon all of heaven down to destroy those people that were trying to destroy him. But he did not do that. As a matter of fact, a lot of times we hear that he was silent during this time. All of the beating, the spitting, the cursing, uh, the bruises that he took on his body, the crown of thorns, he was physically assaulted. And he did not. You don't hear one scripture talking about how Jesus slapped a soldier or kicked or punched a soldier. You don't hear one scripture where Jesus cussed the soldiers out or the people that was doing that to him. You do not hear it. As a matter of fact, in Gethsemane, when they were coming to capture him and Peter, whom I love, (laughs) sliced the ear off of the soldier. Jesus didn't leave that ear on the ground. He picked it up and healed the soldier. And so Jesus is not asking us to do anything that he had not done. Amen. And watch this. God, the the, the world and its system and its ways hates God. Let's let's be real. They don't want to hear the truth. The Bible talks about uh, the love of men are going to wax cold, that people are going to have itching ears. People aren't going to want to hear the gospel. They don't want to hear any of it. But for those of us that happen to hear, understand that God will require us to do things and to keep his commandments. Besides, one of the greatest that he had given is to love our neighbor as ourselves. And how can we do that if we hate them? Because you have a neighbor that can be an enemy. (laughs) God is not going to um, uh, contradict his word. The flesh will try. But let's be real. Those of us that have the Holy Spirit knows that the Holy Spirit will never go against himself. Amen. And can I just present to you, we all know uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten sons, that who, 
whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God could have easily left us to our own devices and let us destroy each other, but he didn't. He made the sacrifice and sent his son. So he understands all about sacrifice and he understands that what we're asking or what he is asking of us is a sacrifice because let's be honest, we can't play victim all the time, but a lot of times we have had things done to us that were not right. And can I tell you to go back to the fact that Jesus is not asking us to do something that he didn't do. Brother Paul tells us in Romans 5, 10 and 11, for if when we were enemies, we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And the reality of it is, is when we were in sin, while God loved us, we were looked at as enemies. He said, for when we were once enemies, but Jesus Christ reconciled us back to God. God himself loved us so much that he did not leave us to our own devices. And watch this. Paul talks about also in, uh, let's see, let me tell you something else. Paul talks about love. Amen. In 1 Corinthians uh, 13, uh, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. And then he proceeds to, in verse four, talk about what love is. In the previous verse, he, he told us that if we have it, we just make a noise. We're not doing anything. And that not only that, he's saying that we would be nothing if we did not have love. And then he proceeds to tell us, to let us know what love truly is. In verse four, it says, and we've heard, many of you have heard this before, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no records of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Want to highlight and endures through every circumstance. So no matter what circumstance that you find yourself in that includes an enemy, you have the ability to love. You have the ability to do what the Lord is asking you to do. And God in his kindness and patience with us and his goodness, his grace and his mercy towards us. Let me tell you some things as a source of encouragement, because I know that this is a tall order. This is a hard thing to do. Romans 12 and 19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. When we maintain a position of love and turn the other cheek, which Jesus requires us to do, vengeance will be the Lord's. He will repay those 
uh, people that have done us wrong. But let me put this in here too. And this is something that a lot of us don't like to hear. We like to, we like to treat God as if he's our own personal bodyguard or a dog that we could sick on people that make us angry or that hurt us or do us wrong. And that's not how he does. God is really concerned about everybody that hates you, God loves. He may not love what they've done to you or in some cases what you did to them because everybody's not. Sometimes we've acted on the side of being an enemy to someone. But the deal is, is that he doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants everyone to be saved. But some people love to be mean, wicked. And, and this is specifically to those people that love to be that way, that God will um, have vengeance. It's his, not ours. Proverbs 25, 21 through 23 says, if thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink for thou shall heap coals of fire upon his head and the Lord shall reward thee. In other words, like he's telling you, <laughs> if, if somebody you can't stand, let's, let's just say somebody, everybody got somebody at work that they do not like some for some of you, it's your boss. But if you buy your boss a cup of coffee, if they don't have money for lunch and you buy them lunch. Um, if they're thirsty and you give him drink, you'll be re you'll be heaping coals of fire upon his head and the Lord will reward you. There is reward all the time in keeping the commandments of God and the, the principles of God and applying them to your life. God knows it's a hard thing sometimes that he asks, and that's why we get rewards from them. And to be honest with you, the greatest reward that we will ever receive is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and what is afforded us as sons and daughters of God. But he, even in that, his greatest reward, he has other rewards. May I encourage you with 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 that says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I'm telling you people, listen, I understand that it's a hard thing to try to love someone. God even understands it. He had to do it. He did it towards us. He loved us for God so loved the world and the world hates God. The culture of this world hates God, rejects him. But you and I should never reject him, nor the things that he tells us to do. Because when we understand that God is a God of his word, not only that, he's a God that set the example of how we are to live our lives by doing the very things that he asked us to do. We can trust him. We can trust that what he's telling us is always right, even though our flesh may hate it. The Bible says that the Lord will withhold no good thing for them that walk upright. And when we walk upright, it's always going to require to do what is right. So what am I saying? You got to love them. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Love your enemies. Tall order but we serve an even taller God that can help us do it. Well, there you have it. I pray that you apply this word uh, that you learned today to love your enemies so that you can love your neighbor. Amen. I know it's rough. 
is tough and it might seem foolish to the world, but it's right to God. Hallelujah. It's the right thing to do. I want to, I want to, you know how I do. (laughs) I like to give you a challenge. Um, And let me say this, I'm not giving you a challenge that I myself am not willing to do. And, And to be honest with you, I've actually done it already several times in my life. But I'll give you something simple. I challenge you to, we'll just say for those of you that are working in the workplace or even not working, even if it's like literally a neighbor, somebody that you do not like, I challenge you to buy them a cup of coffee or buy them some lunch. Hey, you know, hey, what, you know, I'm getting ready to go to restaurant X, Y, and Z. You want to go or can I pick you up something? Show love to your neighbor. And can I tell you something else really quickly that we need to consider because God loves them too. God loves everybody that hates you. He doesn't like what they've done to you, but he doesn't want, like I said, he doesn't want anybody to perish, but you never know how your act of kindness can turn the heart of your enemy to God, that they may repent, come and apologize to you. Your kindness and your act of love can turn the heart of somebody that despises you. (laughs) So consider that. All right. And so uh, as usual, I want to go ahead and get ready to wrap things up. But I want to tell you about my book, Understanding the Hell That You Go Through, that's available on Amazon. You could buy a paperback or by way of Kindle. You could download it right away and read it. I really would love your support. Those of you who tune into the Wilder's Way that are faithful, please pass this on to your sons and daughters, those who you feel need an encouraging word that it will bless them like it's blessing you. Hallelujah. And I just want to thank you again, again, and again, and again for tuning into the Wilder's Way. And always remember, when you learn the word and you apply the word, you work it because it is a sword, a two-edged sword. And you work it against the wiles of the devil. Y'all already know. When you do that, guess what you done done? You just learned the world's way. God bless you. Bye-bye.